welcome to After Pulse, the extra podcast from the hosts of Community Pulse. And now here's Mary Thangball, Jason Hand, and PJ Haggerty. So, hey everybody, welcome to the After Pulse. Um, I think, Jay, I thought that was a very, there are some very interesting insights I think we gained from that. Um, I think in some ways the expectations that I had at least um, that, that we kind of discussed before we even got to recording the episode or even inviting guests were flipped a little bit um, in the idea that I think a lot of people have the impression that working at a large organization, you're more constricted. There's less of an ability, there's less freedom for what you do. But it sounds like when we were talking to everybody, in reality, there's a lot of liberating things that come out of that. For example, you know, you're part of a division. If you don't have an answer, you can find answers from other people. You have the opportunity to interact with many different parts of the organization instead of just kind of the one group of people you're used to associating with. Um, I don't know if you got that impression, but it's kind of the feeling I got was it's actually a more open-ended question being part of a larger organization than it is kind of being, for lack of a better term, pigeonholed by a small org that does one thing. Yeah. I mean, one, yeah, I agree. That was a great episode. I loved all of our guests. The topic was very, you know, top of my mind, obviously with the recent move to Microsoft. I keep saying recent, it's been six months, six months now. At some point I have to say, I'm not. Well, the greater age of the universe, it's recent. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Context. Um, Yeah. I think, you know, one of the things that we didn't get time to talk about, there's a few things I'll I'll mention that we didn't get time to talk about. Um, One is one of the big differences <clears throat> going from small to large is if I think about my time at Victor Ops, I was a team of one essentially in, in terms of like my, my marching orders, like what I'm trying to do on a daily basis. It was just me. Mm-hmm. Um, now I had resources internally, of course, and you know, I'm part, I was part of the product team, but I spent my, you know, my mornings and my afternoons with the engineering team. And so I'm kind of all, you know, have a hand in a lot of different areas, but at the end of the day, it's still just kind of me. And now that I'm with a larger company, I'm one of, I think we're about 80 to 90 people now uh, who do the, you know, not the exact same thing that I do, but very, very similar. We all have our areas of expertise, and, but we're all part of the same team. So I have them as a resource. Like just this morning, I was in our Slack channel asking if anybody's got some resources around putting together a workshop that I'm trying to uh, build for, for uh, March. And that wasn't something I could ask internally at uh, my previous small company because you know, there wasn't anybody else doing it. So that's kind of a nice to have is that I can just ask some folks within my team, Hey, what would you do in this situation? Or can you help me with this? Or does anybody have any advice or, you know, whatever. And, uh, that's, you know, a big difference. And I think a, a huge, um, advantage, I guess, or maybe not an advantage, but it's just, a, it's a different type of, of, of arrangement that I wasn't used to having not only my team, but now I have, you know, a directory where I can reach out and, and um, another good example is I'm, I'm in the middle of this, you know, I keep mentioning the Microsoft tour. And, and so I'm going around teaching people about application insights, which is this like monitoring and observability thing, but I'm learning it myself. And so I have to go up on stage and present, you know, technical demonstrations and, and, and give these 60 minute talks on a subject that I'm not super, super well versed in. I mean, the ideas of monitoring, of course, but not the tool itself. And right. so I today, really yesterday, realized, hey, I, I don't know the answer to this, and I can spend the next week trying to find it out through our docs and through, you know, just searching through different things online. But I actually, if I want to, I can reach out to the product owners, to the product manager, you know, right to the top, you know, person in charge of this 
specific tool and just ask them directly, which is a, again, it's a nice thing to have that, that you don't really always get in every situation. I think, of course, in a small situation, smaller company, I could definitely go talk to the product owners, but again, it's just one product. And now, you know, if somebody does come to me with an Xbox question, it couldn't be further away from, from my area of expertise or any of the things I'm doing, but, um, but I, I can and will go help you find that answer, which is kind of a neat arrangement, a relationship that we didn't have previously. Right, which I think, I think, and I think the interesting thing there too is, is this ability to respond more quickly because of that. Like, I, I feel like when... You know, for example, when I was at a, a small organization and uh, they were not based in the U.S., so if I'm speaking in the U.S. and someone asks me a question, I might not be able to jump on Slack and say, hey, can I get an answer to this particular question? I might have to wait a day. I might not know exactly who the person is who does that because a lot of times a smaller org, you kind of have that. But you, you have the flexibility to actually get an answer in more real time. There's not so much the, all right, well, you give me your email. I'll give you my email. I'll get you the answer to the question eventually and hopefully we'll get there. Um, sometimes it's even, you know, just as much as, Oh, let me pop my laptop open, hop in Slack. I'll ask so-and-so and so-and-so will immediately tell me what the answer is or within the next few minutes, or if they're not available, someone will be available because the teams are so large. Mm -hmm. There should be someone who can answer this question right now. That's a really good point too. I'm, I'm used to this like urgency. If you have, if you have a question for me and I don't know it, I can probably get back to you in like 30 minutes mm -hmm. with something. And now um, not only do I have a much larger, you know, group of people and, 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 and like a directory to sort of navigate to find the right person, we exist all the way around the world in different time zones. And so I might reach out to somebody after, you know, an hour or so of trying to find the answer, but I can't assume I'm going to hear right back because they might be in China. They might be, you know, just on the East Coast and they, you know, they're done for the day. So that's a, that's been an adjustment too, is I'm, I'm used to like, that fast pace of you got a question, give me a minute. Okay. Here's your answer. And I've had to really um, sort of become much more comfortable with a slower pace of things, uh, which has been challenging. And I think the biggest reason why it's challenging to me is that for, for a lot of the, um, I, I would say if, what, what's the best way to say this? If I don't do it now, it may not get done because there's, right. there's another thing coming right behind it. And so I can't, like, I just, I can't really keep a, a, a backlog of, of work because I just won't get it done. I have to do it now or it just doesn't happen. And, right. so, and that even goes for helping people. You know, if you have a question for me, I'll, if I shoot it out, you know, tomorrow I'm flying to, you know, Tel Aviv and I'm going to be gone for a month. It may be difficult for me to, you know, manage those sort of longer tail question and answer um, scenarios. But at the same time, it's still nice to be able to um, sort of sort of do that and, and have that kind of uh, accessible or have that kind of information and um, other people accessible to me. Right. One of the other, one of the other things, uh, did you have something else you wanted to add to that? No, no, no. I was just agreeing with what you had to say. So one of the other things, and I don't know, I'm kind of mixed feelings about this, but we didn't touch on it, didn't talk about it. Um, just kind of ran out of time. It was actually, I was going to, I was just about to ask it. And then you, you mentioned, you know, we're running out of time here. Um, <laughs> in the larger companies, there's always, um, there's not, I shouldn't say always, but there's a better opportunity for some drama and some things that we don't like about our company. And so for example, Microsoft and the whole, um, you know, ice, uh, uh situation with, um, you know, border control, immigration, customs, that kind of thing. There's some people who have very strong feelings about that. And of course I, I have strong feelings about that too, but 
that's something too I haven't had to really navigate uh, prior. And so I, I, in hindsight now, I wish we maybe would have somehow snuck that in. But at the same time, it's a, I don't know, it's a difficult, it's a difficult thing that's, to really spend too much time on. It might be a, an entire episode, actually. Right, right. And I, I think that's the, that's that's a that's an ethical issue as well as a, a moral issue. You know, how do you deal with working at a company that's doing something that is ethically questionable? Not more. I feel like morally is a little bit stronger. Like, but what do you do if it's ethically questionable? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you have to maintain a job. Like you gotta you gotta feed yourself. You gotta pay rent. Um, not everyone has the mobility to just be like, well, I'm gonna quit this job and wait a couple months until I get the next one. Some people, you know, are, are living paycheck to yeah. paycheck. How, how do you deal with that when your comp- you find out your company is like, I don't know, spying on everyone's cell phones or some, something ridiculous like that, um, which seems to be happening on a fairly regular basis. We find something more has gone wrong um, in the world of technology. And how do, how do we deal with that when you're the one wearing the T-shirt and, the, and, and, and swinging the logo everywhere? Right. You become guilty by association. I mean, I had people come to me and say, how can you work for a company that, you know, is supportive of an organization like, like ice. And I'm like, you know, I just started and, and I'm, I'm hearing of this news just like you are. And, um, I have questions and I have concerns just like you do. It's a, it was a difficult thing for me to navigate and, you know, still navigate because I'm sure there's going to be other things that come up, um, that Microsoft is involved in and I'm a representative of Microsoft. And so I'm, I'm associated with that and I have to, you know, there's, there's, there's ways that we're, you know, there's good and bad ways that we can respond to those types of things. But um, I don't know. I, I would have loved to have heard from the others of uh, how, not that they've had any specific examples like I have, um, but what their thoughts are around that. So maybe that we'll have to earmark that as a, as a future episode. Yeah, def, definitely. Definitely. Um, but it, and I kind of want to go back to something that you said earlier, because I think that it's interesting about, you know, getting back to someone and kind of the instant nature because you might be off somewhere. Do you think that kind of speaks to, in some ways, the ephemeral nature of, of DevRel? Like, if you think about it, like, we are, I'm trying to put this in a way that doesn't sound horrible. We are the, 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 the one night and one night only band. You know, we show up at a place, we give a talk. We might never come back to Gary, Indiana um, after that night we're at the meetup. This is your one opportunity to shine. And I think that's why we feel that need to like get that instant answer, have that response. And I agree with what Nathan was saying. And the worst thing we can do in that moment is bullshit someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, when I worked for larger organizations, I felt there was much more pressure to be the bullshitter, to mm-hmm. seem like you had all the answers than there was being at a startup. Like I feel like it's a startup because things are kind of, more chaotic for lack of a better term. Like things are always kind of in flux. You can easily say, you know what? I don't have an answer for you. I don't know if that's on the roadmap. Sure. Maybe it's something we're working on. I don't know, but I could find out for you. I felt like I had more flexibility than at the corporation where it's just like, I can't talk about that. There's certain things I'm not allowed to talk about at all. Um, Or I don't work in that department. I don't have an answer for you. Or I could find one or just be like, I'm just going to make some shit up now so that I seem like I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, <clears throat> I, I can definitely say I've never been, I've never experienced any pressure to, to, you know, bullshit or to wing it or to say something that's, I can't, you know, support or back up or whatever. Uh, I, I would say there, there seems to be a difference between, you know, the smaller, well, I shouldn't say smaller and larger, maybe startup versus 
you know, enterprise or more established. So in my case, Victor Ops versus Microsoft, it's easier for me to, um, I wouldn't say, um, definitely not bullshit it, but when it comes to working at a startup, people already expect you to be sort of the cutting edge of this is the latest technology they're, they're probably experimenting with. They, they sort of, they sort of know that there's just a different relationship with you and technology when you're at a startup versus mm -hmm. at the larger companies. And so the, I think it just kind of, it's case by case. But for me, I, I totally agree with Nathan's statement. Like the worst thing you can do is, is try to, is try to just like give an answer, even if you really don't know if it's right. Um, mm -hmm. And at least at Microsoft, it's very much encouraged for us to say we don't know. You know, like that's, we're very much a growth mindset type of company. I mean, that's part of like our ethos. It's, it's built into like, you know, a lot of the things you read related to our mission statement is like, we don't have the answers. We're all students. We're all learning and things are changing constantly and, and more rapidly. And, and so if you don't sort of just come right out front and say, I, I'm learning this too, we're all learning this together. Um, it, it sets a bad example for, for people because they know that like, it, this mm -hmm. stuff's just too new. You, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, so well, it's funny you mentioned this actually, because one, one of the things that someone mentioned uh, recently when I was doing a speaking engagement is they said, you know, you always seem to fin finish up with the same conclusion. I'm like, yeah, what's that? They're like, you seem to always say there's no right answer. And I'm like, exactly. That's the whole point. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, like, uh, like in a way, it's like talking myself out of a job. It's like, hey, yes, this product is awesome, and yes, it does this, but I'm not here to sell you that product, and also it might not work for you. Um, this this solution that I'm discussing isn't perfect. Nothing that we do in technology is perfect. Stop looking for the perfect solution. It doesn't exist. It's funny you say that because my colleague and I, uh, David Blank Edelman, he's um, he and I mostly spend our time at Microsoft talking about site reliability engineering types of principles, concepts. And, and so inevitably people want a very prescriptive approach on how to do SRE or how to do monitoring and, and that kind of thing. And we were, we were joking one day that we need to get shirts made that just say on the front, just says it depends mm -hmm. um, because that's our, that's our like default answer. Just like you, uh, we, we almost always end with, you know, it really just depends. And, and, uh, I've grown more comfortable with that response because um, just like the DevRel thing, it's, it's all about, you know, the implementation of what you're trying to do. And so we're so, we're so wired to expect that there is a, a path to, to do everything. You know, here's where you start, then do this, then do this. We're, we love our checklists. We love like just following orders. Uh, well, some it, of us. Yeah. Yeah. When you're a beginner, you know, you, you don't, you don't like the answer of, well, it depends, you know, just go figure it out, kid. Like I kind of need some guidance. Right. Right. So, um, I've just, yeah, like I said, become more comfortable with that response, but I always say it with a smile and then, you know, back it up with it, everybody's journey is different and there's going to be some things that apply, you know, hopefully you took some ideas out of, out of my talk or something I've written, but, um, let's stay in touch. You know, like this is, this is a relationship thing. This isn't, you don't just come to me for an answer and then you go do your thing. Like not only is it, is it a relationship thing, but whatever you do today is probably going to change in, you know, six months and it's going to, and, and then there's going to be other technology that it gets involved too. And I don't know, like I'm, <clears throat> it, makes me uncomfortable as, as sort of somebody who comes to as a specialist of, of a certain area. And my best answer or my, my final thought is always that it depends. It depends. But that's, that's just the nature, I think, 
um, most of us understand in this role. Exactly. And I think, I think actually one of the most interesting things you said, well, not most interesting, but definitely an interesting point is this technology will change in six months. Um, I think that we, we see this more and more where it's like, you know, for, for, for my first, when I first started speaking and, and doing the, the, as a community engineer, doing things like it was about cloud and cloud and platform and platform as a service and things like that. It's like, those are, some of those concepts are coming back, but now it's like, everybody's like, yeah, serverless and Docker and Kubernetes. Let's go. Cool. Yay. Everybody. And it's like, yes, those are all great concepts, but these are not, we have not reached our final form. We are not all the super Saiyans for everyone who's going to, the, the four people who listen who are going to get that joke. But um, like, we have not, it, it technology is, is built to, continually uncomplicate things, but there's also this concept called entropy where things continually fall apart at a specific rate, the more complex a system is. So I think we need to take the kind of those two things together when we look at the community and that's where your it's depends comes. Yes, we are fixing things to make them less complicated. However, it is a very complicated system and therefore it is going to degrade over time. Mm -hmm. And that, and that, you know, that kind of response falls you know well with with i would say the younger part of our community like they they get it that you know you just have to kind of have a pulse on what's going on and just understand things in general and then just go out and and experiment on your own mm -hmm. you know you can't go to a book you can't go to a blog or you can't go to a, a person on stage and say how do i do this and then they just give you the the exact answer it's just right. it's not gonna work that way but if i have that kind of conversation with someone who's maybe my age or, or older uh, that doesn't sit as well with them. They're used to a different, more prescriptive approach on how you get things done. So I think a lot of it's just the audience mm -hmm. and, and where you are in your professional, you know, your own professional um, arc. And I guess we'll see, we'll see how that goes as, as, as the continuous debate of DevRel and how all this shit works together rages on. Mm -hmm. But I think for, for this after pulse, I think we're good. Is there anything yeah. you wanted to add? No, I feel good about our first uh, our first episode and our first after polls. We, of course, miss Mary and hope that she's feeling better. All of us have been sick, so um, yes. maybe a, a, a little bit of a <clears throat> luck that we were even able to pull this together. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah no, I, I feel pretty good about that. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go finish packing and, and, uh, and hit the road. All right, cool. And we'll see everybody. Well, we won't see you, but we'll hear from you next month. And if you have suggestions, tweet at us, send us emails, all the information's on the main podcast. Uh, and we'll talk to you soon. See you later. This has been another episode of After Pulse with Mary Thangwall at Mary underscore Grace on Twitter. Jason Hand at Jason Hand on Twitter. And PJ Hangley at a splenic on twitter learn more at communitypulse.io or at community underscore pulse on twitter 